Bat Force Radio. Bat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? There was a game Bruce used to play as a boy. He heard how the Miyagani Indians put their fingers to the ground to listen for coming changes in the land. Bruce would put his finger to the tracks by his house, listening for some message from Gotham City, trying to hear all it had to tell him. Gotham Narrative, Brian Azzarello, Scott Snyder, Batman number 44. Bad Force Radio is sponsored by Ace Chemicals, providing you and Gotham with safe and healthy products. All right, welcome back to Bat Force Radio, a Batman talk show dedicated to everything Dark Knight from a group of tight-knit friends from across the world, passionate Batman fans and collectors and aficionados and comic book junkies and all that good stuff. Today we are addressing the famous question, how do I start to get into reading Batman, Batman comics, Batman stories, novels, trades, adaptations. Where do I begin? Mainly, um, today we're going to address how um, how each member would answer the question in terms of how someone would start to get into reading Batman comics. Where the best place would be to begin, what stories, and where to go from there, and how to go about it. So. Reading Batman comics is the most enjoyable experience you could have when it comes to Batman fandom. You don't really want to always rely on Hollywood or Wikipedia or outlets like that to get the raw information or raw facts about Batman because things are very modified, there's a lot of inaccuracies. So it's always the comic books, those raw comic books where you're going to really understand the roots of Batman, where where it comes from, where everything flourishes into the Batman mythos and just it can be very intimidating to figure out where to start reading Batman because there's just so much material written about him over the years, the past 76 years to be exact. But um, we're going to go around the table with the Bat Force, and the boys will give their advice on how to start your journey in terms of reading Batman, where to start, what to read, and so on and so forth. So, boom. Robo Rich from Robocop Country Detroit. Bat fan forever on the West Coast. Grandpa Batman out of Texas. Uh, Robin Cross over in friendly Canadianville with the nice crickets. I think he stomped them all out by now. And he, what we got going on? T- all right, so, you know, we get asked this question all the time, don't we? Um, and it's a good question. People ask, hey, listen, I want to start reading Batman, but where, where do I start? Where's a good way to, you know, what's a good place to start in terms of reading Batman? Books, uh, arcs, or ongoing series? Um, so let's, we go around the table or however you guys want to do it, but what do you guys usually say when people ask you that question? I think there's, uh, for me, there's two different ways of answering it. It's like, do you want to read the best Batman stories or do you want to read chronologically like where you should start to get an introduction into the characters? Right, and they're already um, overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. I think when I start... I'm already start, confused. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, they're, they're, I'm trying to think like the best way to like read... Like, because you're gonna start. Like, say if you read some of the best stories, they're gonna you're gonna see characters that you're like, what that? Like, if you read Final Crisis, and you try to just jump in without having any DC 
knowledge at all. Yeah, like ninety percent of the characters, you're like, who the hell are these guys? Right. You know, they're throwing in a lot of like Silver Age, Golden Age characters that are just callbacks. But hmm. I think if uh, you know, it's it's I, I say. I mean, the best stuff I think, like to start with, is probably um, maybe some of the Frank Miller stuff. Um, Absolutely, not, year one. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say that, year one. That's yeah. a clean slate because you're not overwhelmed too much with too many characters. Right. You got like it's basic. It's like this. It's like the bones of Batman. It's okay. basically like stripped down. Right. Okay. So being that we we just threw out year one real quick, I usually. Uh, I thought about it for a while. Like, what would be the best answer for someone when they ask me that question, where to start with Batman? And, you know, now I would say year one for a couple of reasons. And one, it's because they um, that story gives you a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You get a good Gordon story. You get hints, sprinkles of Batman's origin, him becoming Batman. And it's foundational. It's a very gritty Revolutionary, you know, revolutionized Batman story from that era. So you're getting all of this in one, and it's it's the beginning of Batman. So I, you know, you you can never go wrong with starting. To, and, and it's a very comic book. It's not too adaptation. It's not too DC Universe. It's just strictly raw Batman. Usually, I would say year one, and then I would say after that, my favorite, my what I feel is a masterpiece, is the Long Halloween because it's a great Batman slash Gotham story, and because That's where I go, and because the Long Halloween is also considered to be year two. So you're going, you know, year one and year two. Well, you know, obviously there's also the year two, you know, the title story as well. But Long Halloween is a very definitive year two story. So yeah, I, I would agree that uh, Long Halloween is great because again, it's um. You know, issue by issue, you're you're not getting overwhelmed with a million characters at once. It's a lot of the, uh, it's a lot of crime fiction in that too. It's like you're kind of almost getting like a mobster story slash like a crime, like a like a like a crime novel. You know, with the um, with mm. the uh, Falcone, the Falcone family, and all that stuff. Right. Um, so it's like it's it's kind of a double whammy where like you're not getting hit in the face so much with all this like Batman history. You're still getting a good story, like a good crime story, a crime mystery. And it's peppering in like different characters, like almost every other issue. Right. You're seeing like you know like Solomon Grundy and like um, you know Two Face and these characters here and there. Yeah, and, and it's, for the it's most writing part, at its best. Think you're going yeah. from Frank Miller over to Jeff Loeb, so you're getting the best Batman writing there is. And uh, but don't worry for our listeners out there, don't worry because October we're gonna pretty much gut out the long Halloween with the long Halloween countdown to Halloween. I days, can't so. fucking wait. <laughs> I mean, either boy. Um, I think, uh, if it, keeping along with Jeff Loeb, um, I think, you know, I, I always think about it too. It's like, what's my favorite Batman story? What's my, like, what's my favorite Batman collected, you know, graphic novel or whatever. And I think like probably top five for sure is hush for me. Right. Um, so at some point, you know, like I might, th- I might tell people, all right, you know, read your one, maybe even, uh, you know, read this or that. But at some point, like, your second or third, you want to read Hush because Hush is like it's you know not number one. Not only do you have Jeff Loeb's writing, but you got Jim Lee, you know, basically starting out his career at DC Comics, and just like one issue after the next, it's just like boom, 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 like an all-star roster of Batman characters, like mm-hmm. like not just rogues, but also just like Bat family members, just like you know so it's, it looks so good the way he you know the way he was using the art and stuff it's just like amazing yeah, even superman as well they had a little cameo yeah there was superman i love i love that man quickly i mean you guys should definitely eventually read hush but just that one part where uh 
Ivy, Poison Ivy is controlling. Superman is just so badass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's, what, what's her, um, what's the quote? She tells him, kill them, lover, or something like that. It just, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, That's and, a badass cover. It's a badass issue. It's, you know, it's, it's Superman versus Batman. Mm. Good stuff, man. Hey, Gramps, you, um, you mentioned earlier that, uh, um, uh, the comic book adaptation for the movie Batman Begins would be a good way to start as well. <laughs> he was choking, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I'm 100% serious. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, honestly, for a brand new reader probably wanting to get in, the movies have always been like an easy, quick way to get into any character or any any you know universe and and a lot of people probably got into batman because of the chris nolan films so yeah there is a trade paperback for batman begins i i have it and it's also an interesting book because not only does it contain the movie adaptation but it contains like i think three additional stories um you know that they kind of they kind of read almost like a uh, legends of the dark knight type story where it's not necessarily canon, but it kind of gives a little bit more uh, insight to other characters that that are in part of the Batman, Batman mythos. Go Who ahead. does the art for that? Well, now I got to dig it out. Hold on. Yeah, the tra- While he's digging, notice, oh, no, notice we need uh, <laughs> I was about to say, Rich, yes, absolutely. Notice he's actually digging into his actual Batman library, not using the computer. Hashtag no, we can eat it. Please look that up. You know, mind you, um, the. Uh, if you were to talk to a young person who like didn't know anything about Batman and say wanted to start to get introduced to the character, I don't know, through film, I think Batman Begins would be the best way to do it. I think that movie really nailed Batman's beginning to a T. And probably one of the reasons for that is because Christopher Nolan took so many elements from year one and applied it to the movie Batman Begins. Like the famous Bat Swarm scene. So I, I agree. It's a very good good film. I know what um, you're going to say. <laughs> however, I do, I do feel it is extremely important to address what came prior. Uh, <laughs> because, of course, you, you know, there would be no Batman Begins. There would be no Nolan universe if there wasn't a Tim Burton universe. And uh, 89 is, is probably a huge stepping stone in that direction. So to the, young, to the young lads out there, I would say, yes, Batman Begins is a fantastic point at some point to come to. But, you know, let's get a little, you know, let's do a little little background history first. Let's do a little history lesson. Let's take a look at the 89 film. <laughs> let's and, uh, rewind the clock. Yeah, yeah. We, we've, you know. we've done that. Okay, the art team, the creative team on this, Batman Begins, the movie. Scott Beatty is the writer. Killian Plunkett is the penciler. Serge Lapointe does the ink work. Killian Fucking Plunkett. Plunka, dude. That guy is a beast. Plunkett. Killian Blumpkin. The, the only the only flaw with anyone using the films as they're a means not of really getting, getting into the no comic good is as the gateway. Yeah, it, it can give some really bad information. Uh, well, I talked to a really lot of people. Him, so he's a yeah, bad exact, now. Yeah, you you get people thinking thinking that uh, Bruce was trained by Roz or that or the uh, Joker it, killed his parents. With Keith, right. That Joker killed Batman's parents. So it it is flawed. But, uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up, um, uh, Robin, because when I was a young lad, um, two things. Number one, my, my first comic book was actually the, uh, the Burton, uh, the, uh, the comic book adaption of the Burton film, the 89 one. Okay. Um, 
Denny O'Neill did the quote unquote writing for that. I can't remember who did the art, but uh, I remember like you know it's uh, oh, it was my first you know comic book. But for many years after that, I didn't read anything about Joker. I never read anything about Joe Chill. I think like after that, I had maybe like kind of flipped through a couple of the Nightfall stories, or I don't remember how you know what it was after that. But I remember like being. I think it was like at a at a. Not, it wasn't a comic shop. It was like a card shop that carried comics though. And I remember something like along the lines of, "Oh yeah, like the guy that killed Batman's parents." And I was young. I was probably like, I don't know, like seven or eight. And I was like, "Joker killed Batman's parents." And I just see these like thirty-year-old dudes turn around and look at me, <laughs> and they just like one of them like fucking just shook his head like, "Oh my god!" And then the other guy, I came have, right. I have given that same look. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, you know, it might have been a looper situation where that was probably me in the future, and that was you looking at me, but. <laughs> Um, but you know the, the the thing about it is is that you know most of the guys look at looked at me and shrugged me off and like shook their head. One guy walked over to me and was like, "Hey, you like Batman?" And I go, "Oh yeah, I love Batman." And he goes, "You know, Joker didn't really kill Batman's parents. That's just in the movie. In the comic books, it's this other guy." And he starts like telling me about the comics and he starts telling me, "You know, you should look at this. You should read that." And he was like. I was seven or eight, so he didn't want to give me, like, Dark Knight Returns right away. But he starts showing me, like, some of the other, like, kid-friendly stories at the time. <laughs> but that, I thought that was really cool. Like, you know, everybody else was this, like, <laughs> that's comic us, book. That's us now. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope, I hope. Yeah, yeah everybody that's else awesome. was like, a comic book nerd where... Uh, from from were Simpsons where they're all just looking down on me, but this one guy actually <laughs> rich. Yeah, this one guy took the time to show me what was up. Worst fan ever. Oh, <laughs> uh, hey, uh, so Robin, what do you tell um, people when they ask you that question? How does where where do they start in terms of reading Batman? Uh, it's gonna sound like a broken record. Uh, if if this is somebody in the shop and they say they want to start reading Batman, the first things I do point to are Year One and Dark Knight Returns. Mm. But it it depends what the person knows and if they have a specific line of interest. If you know, I'll, I'll ask someone who they want to read about, who they know about. Yeah. If it's someone that's that played, you know, someone comes in and says they played Arkham Knight, then obviously the first thing that they should read is uh, Death in the Family. Right. right yeah. So it, it all depends what uh, their line of interest is, uh, you know, their age, what kind of story they mm. they will want to read. Yeah. I, but what, th- those are the two mains. When people... Okay. Because um, you're touching on the Arkham Knight, Arkham Knight, uh, Arkham Asylum, and all that stuff. Uh, mainly, let's say Arkham. Let's say Arkham Asylum, Arkham, uh, Arkham City. Someone says, "Oh, I played those two games. I really love Batman. Now, what should I read?" And um, because it's you know that universe, it's the Arkhamverse. Specifically, those first two games are Dini. I would probably say read Mad Love. You know, um, or read any other Bruce Timm uh, Baltini because one, yeah, specifically, and you know what's important too to note is if any young girls or any fans of Harley Quinn or who are really, really into Harley Quinn right now because she's very popular, if they're interested in getting into Batman comics and they want to read more about Harley Quinn, read Mad Love right, because yeah. that's the definitive birth of Harley Quinn. That's what her roots are. That's what, like, it was intended to be the spirit of the character exactly. uh, by the creators. So that is a great, especially, you know, so two double whammy. You know, you like the Arkhamverse. You like you like Harley Quinn. You got your Harley Quinn, and you got the flavor of the Arkhamverse because it's the same kind of universe with that writing and the art. Absolutely. Mad Love is definitely a must-read for any 
Harley Quinn fan, so they really know her true roots, not this shit we're getting fed with the new 52 right now. <laughs> Fuck, you know that was coming. I didn't want to say anything, because I probably say it every fucking podcast, <laughs> but, but it you, fucking sucks. You know what it is? All right, so then you have, um, you know. Wes is going to have a thing to say, or two to say about that, I'll say this much. Oh, how, dare, how dare you guys? Four cases of number five. <laughs> how, how dare you guys? Here, here, here's the topic for a future episode. Does Amanda Connor hate Paul Dini? And oh that's why she's trying to kill his creation. Yeah. Well, I always that's th- a good one. I always thought Frank Miller hated Catwoman, but we can get into that as we go over all his There's so many reasons. <laughs> but, uh, but, we, yeah. not, but The Dark Knight Returns is you know, probably the greatest piece of comic book work ever written at this point. And you know, people always talk about it when they want to get into comics, but I always say... You start off with other things, you know, like we mentioned Year One Long Halloween and all these other arcs and stories. You, you need, you want to get a full understanding of the depth of the character of Batman and his pain and his way of thinking and his struggles and his what he endures, because that's the only way you're gonna truly understand and appreciate The Dark Knight Returns. That's the only way you're gonna really feel it and experience it. So, you know, if, when people start want to start getting into Batman, don't rush to dessert. You really want to. Work your way to the Dark Knight Returns. I always mention that. Yeah. Kind of, sort of. I mean, there's also. But then they're gonna that, see Dawn of Justice and you know be like, oh wait a second. This yeah, is- there's <laughs> also one way that you know I approached it when I was a young kid because you know I grew up pretty much just reading like the Alan Grant Detective and Comics Norman- number twenty-seven. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. You know the Alan Grant Norm Brainfogel run with Detective Comics and. And that's what led me to discover Dark Knight Returns. And when I read that story, it was like, that made me want to go back and read, you know, from the beginning. And, you know. Well, I don't think there's any wrong way to read it, whether you read it right away or wait. But I always felt like if I could give someone advice on how to go about it, build up to it, I think you'll get, I think your first experience with it, you pop in your Dark Knight Returns cherry will be even more. Uh, extreme, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, you want to get a couple strokes in before you blow the load. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There, there you go. Exactly. Okay, so yeah, that that Jimmy Olsen article starts off the trade with explaining that you know at one point you know their superheroes were everywhere and now they've been outlawed. So it kind of it kind of grounds you and it kind of dates you to where you need to be at. But I, th- I think another thing worth mentioning too, like we're living in a time right now where I think it's actually very important to. Um, recommend the dark knight returns possibly as someone's first read because of the movie coming out and because there's so many questions around like batman versus superman like for example like all the time people are like why is he wearing the armored suit that looks stupid why is he fighting superman they're supposed to be friends that's stupid you know these are questions my mother has asked and i've i've slapped her in the face with the dark knight returns and um it's just it's, it's so it's like it's important it's important to like kind of you know kind of gracefully guide people in the right direction because they don't really know what Zack Snyder's trying to do. They just see this like goofy ass costume or this goofy ass idea to them. They don't realize that it's paying homage to like one of the greatest comic books of all time. Right. Yeah, it probably would be good to read it prior to seeing that movie. That way the movie is not your first experience, your first impression with the armored suit and that level of Batman. You know, I was talking to my brother about it yesterday, and he was like, Batman could get, like, like kryptonite arrows, right? And I said, why the fuck would he get arrows, dude? He's not Green Arrow. And uh, I told him to just read it, and he was like, I don't have no interest in it, and I'll just watch the movie. Mm. 
Okay. <laughs> I would have stabbed him. All right, your funeral. You can't. You can't stab him, Tom. You guys are like twins, and it fucking weirds me out. But I love it in the same way. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> can you cook good? No, but my wife can. After they uh, start reading the first couple of trades, you know, getting started with Batman, if, if they're really into it or really want to read more or are, you know, pretty much in it for the long haul with the Batman books and being a Batman fan, a well-read Batman fan, I would, uh, at, uh, right now, this, this day and age, I would actually recommend picking up um, uh, Batman Chronicles Volume 1. You can get, it's, it's, it's always in print. It's about 9 or 10 bucks, and it collects... Uh, Batman, uh, Detective Comics 27, and and I think like the first couple of issues ever of Batman from 1939, just so they could really understand the roots of Batman, read something that is has been printed about Batman 76 years ago, because you know Batman's been around longer than Iron Man and Darth Vader and James Bond and and all these iconic characters, so it's. You know, to get that feel, that foundation of Batman, I think is always a good thing for them to eventually read if they're going to, you know, after the they get paid. What the fuck is this Iron Man we're talking about? I'm sick of hearing about it. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think someone reading Chronicles will be uh, very eye-opening because all the time, and even on Instagram and Twitter, you hear people say, Batman doesn't use guns. Just go read Chronicles, and you'll see that oh my when he I first started out, that. That, he killed people. That's actually that's actually a really good point for people starting to get into Batman or or haven't read Batman and don't know about certain things. Is that that, that that's probably the other famous comment we always hear is uh, Batman doesn't use guns because sometimes there's images of Batman from you know the 1939 Batman first appearance Batman that has yeah. um, handguns and people don't understand. They're like. <laughs> Exactly, dog. Fuck, exactly. Well, clearly the dog understands it, so. So everyone else should. I totally agree. I don't mind everyone else understand it. Yeah, but they should understand that you know, bat. No, bat. They they're half right. I always said I don't really jump down their throats like some other people, but they're the half right. Batman doesn't use guns. That's true, but. 76 years ago, that Batman did. You know, it was a darker time. And it's so good for them to read back then because Bob Kane and Bill Finger's original run was very dark. It really was. It was yeah. very mature. And it's really old school foundational comic book history for people to read. So if they get around to that, then they'll really be a true comic book aficionado, if you ask me. Like, you know, I wonder if there's Another people thing out there that would would ask, you know, I want to be caught up to date with Batman today. Right. You know what I mean? Um, um, oh, that's a good question. How would you guys of go about that? Of course you could, well, Court of Owls. Yeah, Court of Owls. Court of Owls. Court of Owls. Court of Owls is definitely a modern-day classic from Batman. It's getting its own absolute edition in November, so you know. three years in, fucking awesome. What was it? Three, four years in the game, and it's already getting its absolute edition. You know Court of Owls is canon. I Let's, think Endgame's going to be at that level too someday it's like a modern day joker classic yeah Definitely oh yeah, yeah. Those. but i remember letting someone read court of vows and they the quote they just said thank th- thank you for introducing me to batman <laughs> See, i think another out. another good one uh alan morris the killing joke if you want to do a nice joker little story right there yeah it's a good one yeah and um I mean, yeah, if you're going to, I mean, well. Well, we're going to do, um, we're eventually going to get a top 10 list on 
on Bad Force Radio. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, we're going past, like, what should I be first into, like, right. this, you know, it's, it's hard not to give somebody, like, a, t- a list of ten that you got to read, because there's so many good ones, and they're yeah. all so different in their own, white, run, own right, so... Yeah. Another good way to start, I mean, uh, if someone wanted um, to get into modern ongoing series, we said Court of Owls, but uh, also maybe Batman Eternal, because it's like a big Batman family story, and it's epic. Yeah, and it does. It, it has that, everyone in it. Yeah, so that's, if you want to start it with yeah, modern a lot, books. a lot like Hush. Right, right, exactly. Only this one's fifty something issues, but you know, I obviously get the trade. Fifty two. Yeah, so that's that's a nice read. That really is a nice read. And what's good about that is um, that 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 series has rotating writers and artists, so you're getting a feel of all of the pe- you know most well most of the people working in the Batman industry today in comics. So that's an also another really good way to start getting into ba- modern Batman comics. I would say. Another part of Batman knowledge that uh, any any newish readers, once they get the more important things down, is to explore the history of other people who have been Batman. Right. So looking at things like Nightfall, Black Mirror, yeah. even yeah. Uh, I think it's Troika right after uh, Nightfall when Dick is Batman. Right. And Battle for the Cowl. The whole Batman and Robin run that uh, Grant Morrison did. That's a nice little, uh, that, that Batman and Robin also, no, is it, no, I'm sorry. It's, um, God, I'm getting it mixed up. I know it's Grant Morrison, but it also kind of reintroduces Jason Todd a little bit. Okay, so no one knows. <laughs> you mean, you mean, are, you, are you talking about the pre-52 Batman and Robin run where uh, Jason Todd is the straight villain version of Red yeah. It's the one where uh, I think it's no, it's it's after that where he uh, he's already been the Red Hood. Now he is he goes away for a while and uh, Bruce in, invites him back and uh, un, unknowingly um, Damien is fighting alongside him, but he believes that it's uh, he believes it's oh, oh. who's he dressed up as the knight. Oh, you're talking oh, about the, that yeah. incorporated. That's what it is. Yeah. So yeah, it's yeah. Morrison. I couldn't remember if it was Batman or Robin Batman Inc. You want me to say what? Okay. This is Grandpa Batman with the Bat Force Radio. Whatever that is, we didn't have no podcast in my day. So, if someone asked you guys, how do I, um, I want to start reading comics, I want to start learning more about the Joker, where do I start? What would you tell them? I'd, I'd say the Joker with Azarello and... Uh, that's that's a pretty dark start, but yeah, that's that's a good one. Definitely a good one. Killing Joe, killing fucking Joe. And the game. man who laughs, I love. Yeah, the man who laughs, definitely. And maybe even some old um, uh, Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams stories with the Joker. Some real classic stuff. That- there, there's a, a run that Paul Dini did in the 800s of Detective Comics uh, pre 52 issue 826 that was a really good shot joker story uh where joker had uh, kidnapped uh tim drake oh the yeah the, and the, the whole issue is drive, basically joker yeah. and tim yeah yeah that was good that's a, a really fun uh quick easy to read story see that's what i really love about bad force radio is us being able to go into all of these one-shot self-contained stories that nobody knows about that are just so good and talk about them can recommend which ones for people to read because there's just so many gold nuggets out there 
Yeah. You know, that's one thing. We can all suggest whatever to get people into this, but you know what? If you really want to get into it, you can go right to your store, look at the trades, pick up a Batman trade, and probably love it. Yeah, you know what? Going in blindly. What it is. Exactly. Just choosing one and just reading it. That's not a great way to get into it. You know what got me back into reading The Long Halloween? Oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, fucking, I, I love this. Yeah. And now I have this tradition every October I read it and. Yeah, that's a. I usually, I usually start. I started a lot of Batman fans on the Long Halloween. That was always the one that they couldn't put down. It was just a page turner. Like, oh my god, you know, every issue was a holiday and someone's getting killed. What did, and, what did you think of Dark Victory then? You know, I well, we'll get into it in the future. But I, uh, I, I, I don't want to say I didn't like it, but I felt like. Maybe, I felt like it was the same thing. I felt like DC. I felt like the Long Halloween was so successful and such a masterpiece that someone, someone wanted Loeb and Sale to do another one. Yeah, and maybe Loeb and Sale were done with it, and maybe they just didn't. It, it felt a little forced. It felt a little too much. Um, that's, what, that's what I thought too. I was just like, that sounds like the same exact story, just. Yeah. Told with a slightly different character. I, I didn't and just throw like Robin. it, but no, I'm not complaining about it. But you know, because you, you're gonna compare. The problem is you're gonna compare that to the Long Halloween, and you can't do that because the Long Halloween is the Long Halloween, you know. And it 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 was the follow up. I think it was year three. Was it year three with Robin Dick Grayson? I think that's how it went yeah, down. It's... Yeah. And it it just felt a little forced. I think someone just wanted Logan Sale to keep going, and maybe they just you know. Maybe they just worked yeah, out. I, I, I think with uh, Dark Victory, they were trying to make lightning strike twice. Yeah, pretty much. I, I don't I don't mean to say that it's uh, that it's bad in right, saying yeah. that they tried to make lightning strike twice because if if you enjoy reading the the universe of Loeb and Sale, then you can very much uh, read Dark Victory and and still just enjoy it just as much. Right. Hello. Fucking Scott. Hey. There he is. Ladies and gentlemen, the motherfucking trunkler. Gunshot, gunshot, gunshot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scott, let me ask you. If someone asks you, if they go, hey, Mr. Trunkler, I want to start reading Batman, but where do I start? What do you tell them? Oh, he's done. Hey, uh, <laughs> 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 well, I just tell him to read some Daredevil. And, yeah, you know, um, read some... Uh, Comics. A bunch of jumping on points. Uh, you know, definitely uh, year one would have to be on that Yeah, list. year one. That's the consensus with the bad forces. Year one's yeah. the best place to start. Yeah. Unfortunately, with the, you know, with the, if you wanted straight from, you know, like the beginning, then year one would have to be, you know, one of the, the top choices. Right. Um, if you're looking for just a, um, like a good solid jump on point, like you have an idea of who Batman is or what he's all about, and you can even jump on it as much as New 52 did, you know, fuck up a lot of stuff. Yeah. And even... Batman issue one with the new 52. I mean, actually, that's a good point that you just made because the whole thing behind the new 52 was that what they were saying was they want to reboot, restart 
all the, the it cuts se- out the old history. Yeah, restart the series so everyone can jump on, right? That was what. That's how they pitched it. When I think it was right before the Dark Knight Rises, which is 2012, I think they were just maybe just trying to hype up DC a little, you know, the whole marketing aspect of it. Because do you really need to reboot everything? I mean, I, I I guess it did help for some people to jump on, but a couple of years down the road now, we're trying to figure out if it was that effective. Okay, we got someone jamming. If you, uh, I mean, if you look across what they did with New 52 as a bunch of the other titles, you know, kind of revamp, and characters, they revamped the, uh, you know, kind of redid their origins, but Snyder, and he really didn't do that with... Yeah. That was like the best thing to come out of the new 52 was the Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo dynasty for the Batman series. You know what's interesting that, you know, for us, <laughs> our, generation, in the trunk. For our generation, hey, we, we consider year one to be, you know, like a great jumping on point. And it's true because, you know, here we are in our late 20s, 30s, mid 30s, yeah. but 50s, 80s. <laughs> but think about. Think about when year one came out. It came out in, what, 87? I'm sure comic readers at that point hated it. You know, mm. they're like, oh, you can't you can't change things and stuff like that. You know, because basically at that time, DC was clearing house and uh, bringing in outside people. Like Frank Miller was considered an outsider, right. even though well, he you, just done Dark Knight Returns. Well, you know what, Gramps? You hold that thought. Because next week... <laughs> Next week, we're going to be doing the year one episode. Oh. Yeah. So. Oh, shit. Oh, dun-cha, shit. Dun-cha, dun-cha. General consensus with the Bat Force is that year one, a very good starting off point for anyone who wants to get into Batman comics. And you could also do the long Halloween right after that, which is considered year two. And, uh, and that's just a masterpiece. But we're going to be and going. If it's modern day, do Court of Owls. Yeah, definitely. Modern day Batman story, Court of Owls. And also keep it tuned here because we're going to pretty much go over everything Batman like we always do. Thoroughly. No wiki needed. Fucking put some M&Ms on it. Some fucking barbecue sauce. Throw that shit in the trunk. Let it marinate, you know? <laughs> fucking. <laughs> mm, barbecue M&Ms. <laughs> we could be honest. I need them. <laughs> you know, every year they have the, the big state fair down here in Texas. And it's like, what what... They always serve fried food. You know, fried food is everything down here. And it's like they're always looking for the next big fried food phenom. Thinking M and M's this year. It's like that. Yes. It's like that. Deep fried M and M's. It's like that Simpsons episode. You guys know what I'm talking about, right? When Homer buys a deep fryer and he, he tries to fry everything. He's trying to think of things he could fry. Deep fry. <laughs> He's frying shoes and shit. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Speaking of Simpsons, I would love to try that. Uh, what is it? Homer's out of this world space waffle. Remember when he didn't go to the side of the He took a yeah. stick of butter and wrapped a waffle around it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Kicking the door, waving the 4-4. New 52, Batman, number 44, by Scott Snyder with Brian Azzarello and, yes, sir. and yes, Jock sir. on the art. 
Uh, man, I read this book today, right? I read this issue, the standalone issue. And I think DC needs to give Jock a permanent spot on Batman. A, a Batman title. Because oh, yeah. the way the way he draws it's so dark and gritty, I love it. The way he draws, it feels yeah. like a dark, gritty, wet movie, man. I was like, oh man, this is heavy. It and works so good with Batman. Yeah. Well his Batman his Batman's like it's almost like <laughs> a liquid liquid night, you know? I mean, the way he makes the cape look and he he darkens in his face so you really don't see his face a lot you just see those eyes and uh but then at the same time he's so technical with his like background work i love that i mean if, yeah well for starters if you can make a new 52 bat suit look good then you got you have some talent because uh, batman's new 52 bat suit i never really cared for that much so it really took great artists like Capullo, Jason Fabok, and Jock to really make me enjoy it. When, when, when reading it, you know, you don't even notice about like the, all the lines and everything that the New 52 suit had. I mean, I didn't even notice that it was the New 52. I just realized it was a badass batch to do, you know. Yeah, Batman number 44. It's um, a larger a larger issue. It was a $5 issue. A couple more pages. What I loved about this book is that it it had elements of each contributor it had elements of scott snyder with you know his zero year plot and post zero year plot and like you said the, the pulse of the city but then it had a strong brian azarello uh grit to it yeah even like i love the i love the way that you know this is a detective story right absolutely and, yeah and that's what I love to see in Batman back to being a detective in this story. But then you also had Jock, you know, and this way, the one of the reasons why this book works is because it comes, it like you said, it, it, it's a break between the Capullo artwork. It almost seems like it is a flashback back to like five years previous. So Jock has that ability to where, it almost seems like a dream sequence. It's very fluid, and you know, it, it seems like a dream sequence throughout the whole the whole thing. Snyder said that Gotham was the narrator on this one as well, which I thought was really interesting. Ah, see, see, that's what I love is like reading it, coming in here and talking about it, and then going back and rereading it again. I, I liked it when, like, opening page, like you said, I want Batman to. I, I want. I love the detective side of that, and that's what I. Like opening the page, it's like, all right, I'm dead smack in the middle of what could be a murder mystery or whatever, and I fucking love that. Yeah, yeah. For our listeners, so basically the story goes, you know, the the book opens up with Batman investigating what seems to be a murder, and Batman puts together like like a a 15 year old kid was left what look what appears to be in the outskirts of Gotham, but he he was wounded, but Batman figured out that he was dropped from the air. I forgot how high, maybe a thousand feet or something. Feet, yeah. Something about that. Yeah. So Batman's investigating how this could happen. He thinks Penguin did it because Penguin has airships. And it was a brilliant scene when, when Batman actually has Penguin in a birdcage and he's holding him over Gotham. Oh, and he, I love and that. And he's, yeah. he's actually letting the birds chip away at the rope to let Penguin go off. He's, he's like, like wah, 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 wah. And, and throughout the, um, 
the book Batman's investigating what's going on, like how 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 this kid died. I don't want to get too into it, but it appears that he got this drug or this pill from Mr. Bloom, and now things are getting really interesting. Parasailing. Mr. Bloom is some kind of chemist, isn't he? Oh man, and then mm-hmm. you're you're talking about. You know the venom, and yeah. Then... Now that's the most interesting thing is how with the whatever. It, and this... it was actually a liquid in a vial. Yeah, it was, and it was a cross between the man bat serum and venom. That one panel when when the bat wings erupted from his back, the kid's back. Oh yeah. I was yeah. like, oh my god, that is, oh. that's you know insane. What, and and you know what that's a reference that. to? That's mythology that Snyder loves to pull from that's from the Icarus story where Icarus wants to be like a god and he wants to fly to and get the sun and he flew too high too uh, flew too close to the sun and his that's wings right. melted yeah. and he came back to earth that's mm-hmm. exactly what that was right there that's nice that and I love how they're incorporated that and the whole man bad thing of course I love I love how he's bringing that yeah. in that section of Gotham that we saw Mr. Bloom in when he gave that kid the vial that looked a lot like uh, Gotham looks in the Swamp Thing arc uh, I think the actual name of it is the Garden of Earthly Delights oh. yes sir there were actually some modern recent social elements oh, yeah. into yes. the story, you know, with, yes, the, with the cops. The, yeah, with, with the, the police brutality. Yeah. Yes. I thought that was very smart. Yeah. And like you said, it, it, it's the city of Gotham that's narrating it. So the city of Gotham pulls these newspaper clips out and puts them throughout the story. And you're like, oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's an awesome element. You know, I love that. Basically, Mr. Bloom has been messing with some of Scarecrow, uh, Jonathan Crane's like stuff, right? And kind of alludes to that. Where like it's like he's messing with like um, with some of the fear. T- is it? Is, am Wait, I correct? They, that? they they said that in this book. That Maybe I'm crossing I over. Thought, I thought it was just the. No, I think you're thinking about Kurt Kirkstrom. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That would be right, that would be insane though if he did a Crane Kirkstrom Venom. Yeah. Oh my God! Well, How insane! So I, Fuck the me. With, uh, the thing with um. It's funny because I read 44 right after reading an arc that takes place after Hush, where that's what happens is that um, is that the Penguin uh, he commissions Jonathan Crane to create a form of scare toxin that uh, the Penguin uses on the mobsters of Gotham to to fear Penguin. So that way, like he conditions mobsters to when he hears Penguin's name, they shit their pants, so they'll so they follow him blindly. You know what I mean? So so. Uh, so Scarecrow comes up with this like like hybrid form of his sphere toxin that um, they start gassing mobsters with, but it goes wrong because they gas him too strongly, and the mobsters go fucking ape shit and mm. start killing people. Yeah. Um, and so that's what kind of brings Batman onto his trail. Mm. And so it was just it, it's it was awesome because like it was almost the same written Penguin where he's a mobster gang 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 uh, gangster you know who's just basically trying to get his you know. Uh, just trying to stay on top of, of, of uh, the crime syndicate and Batman, and I, I love that, dude. I love I love how like they kind of took a step back from like the huge, like all these crazy, like you know, all these crazy, like larger than life, like like things that are happening on. They brought Batman back to kind of street level, where it's you know he's just trying to solve a crime of a young kid getting murdered. You know, yeah, it's the best stuff, man. 
Love it's it. like it's like yeah, just like textbook Batman. Going back real quick to the fear talk, it's interesting how Batman has used it as well. It seems like a really resourceful tool for a lot of people that fear talks. That's what I think he. That's what I think he uses in Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, he does. That's what what Weston said on the Arkham Knight episode that he actually does use a little bit of fear toxin in the Dark Knight Returns while on the rooftop to get to the Two Face. That and waffles. Homer Simpson waffles. 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 I like waffles and fried chicken and sack. Hey, what is really good combo? Parker Lewis. <laughs> Could Batman beat Parker Lewis? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like you don't understand. Parker Lewis can't lose. <laughs> dude, it's so fucking good, dude. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Bat Force Radio. I hope we shed some light in terms of where to start when reading Batman and all these great stories. But also, you should uh, read along with us because we're going to go over every story that we could think of um, in upcoming episodes. I'm going to go over it thoroughly, and it's going to be a lot of fun. So definitely, you know, pick the books up. There's going to be a lot of recommendations. And if you have any questions, hit us up um, over on Instagram. We're the Bat Force. And over on Twitter, we're the underscore Bat Force. So until next time, friends, hope all is well.